0: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings And listen in as we seek to inspire our church And the people of our city to encounter Jesus And just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible so good to have you here today We are continuing on just looking through some of the the lessons of Jesus and uh, what we can learn there. Uh, And this is where we're kicking in today. This is known as the temptations of Jesus. Um, And some of us will go, know all about it, know everything that I've ever read on it and I've heard all the sermons on it. Well, hang in, you may hear something different, but it's me, you may not. Okay. So, but before we kick into this, and uh, what I want you to know is that Jesus has had this experience where he turned up. Uh, John the Baptist is baptizing. He says to John, I need to be baptized. John's like, no, you don't, you Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, I do, because it's an example. And when he's in the water, we're told the Holy Spirit descends on him like a bodily form, um, like a dove. And a voice comes from heaven. This is my son, whom I'm loved, whom I love and am well pleased Okay, Why is this important? Because before you go into anything in life, never mind a wilderness which Jesus is about to, it's so important to know who you are in God, what the Father speaks over your life, that you are loved, that he is pleased, that you are his beloved, that he just smiles over you. It's so good to know who you are in the Father and to be full of the Holy Spirit really full of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to get to the place and everybody's like, yeah, he's going to talk about quote the word of God, quote the word of God, quote the word of God. The reality is you can quote the word of God all you want, but if you don't know who you are in God, the word of God will make nothing to you. You need to know your identity. You need to be filled with the spirit of God. And so Jesus was, so we're going to read that, yeah? We can do that. So Luke chapter four, we're going to kick off verse one. So if you haven't got it, we read it. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Anyone here ever been tempted? Okay, you're way more honest in the first service. I don't know, maybe coffee makes you honest. I don't know, by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Anybody in the room be hungry after not eating for 40 days? okay. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, what did he do? He questioned his identity. If you are the son of God, Jesus is secure in his identity. This is my son, whom I loved, whom I am well pleased. If you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Other gospels add in, but out of the mouth, or out of the word. The words, the mouth that comes out of the words of the the mouth of God. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. There we go. We got it. (sighs) The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone that I want. If you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord God. God and serve him only and the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple if you are the son of God he said throw yourself down and hear from here for it is written he will command this no it's great isn't it the the devil's actually quoting scripture to Jesus he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone and Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So when I read this, I'm reminded straight away that Jesus isn't me, okay? Jesus is God, fully God, and fully man, but he's definitely not me. Because if I hadn't eaten for 40 days and I had the power to turn a brick into bread, that's what I'd be doing. I would be turning it into sardo, toasting it, jam, butter, I would be loving life. That would be the reality. I'm just owning up to it. I know the rest of you are going, no, I walk past the, the bakery department in Tesco's and I'm never tempted to buy all that fresh bread. There's something about bread, isn't there? There's something about bread. I would have eaten the bread. Jesus didn't eat the bread. See, Jesus quotes scripture. Of course he does. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. But he's wanting us to grab something here. Remember, he's full of the spirit and he's solid in his identity before the father. And he is teaching us that you can be empty in your stomach but if you're not full in your spirit, you'll never overcome temptation. You know, you may have no cup- no food in your cupboards this morning, your fridge may be empty. Your wallet may be empty, all your bank accounts are empty, your overdraft is like bottom. But if you're full of the spirit of God, you can win. Jesus goes on and he's tempted again. Worship me, Satan says. Jesus is like, no, no, just worship God. That's who you worship. And then the the next test is, well, he tests God. And Jesus says, have you not heard? Don't test God. Whenever I read through this, I see a pattern of something that the enemy uses often in our lives. And it's this. He messes with our memory. Jesus was very clear. This is my son whom I loved and am well pleased. If you are the son of God, I am the son of God. And Satan tries to mess with your memory. You see, Jesus quotes later on in Luke 10. He says, Satan, I saw Satan fall from heaven. I saw him fall. The last time he tempted God, God threw him out of heaven. Jesus had a very clear memory of the reality of the devil whenever the devil was trying to come and tempt him. But the enemy is great at coming and messing with our memories. Now, we'll get into this, but I want you to say it out loud with me this morning, and I want you to declare this, Satan, don't mess with my memory, okay? Let's shout it out. Satan, don't mess with my memory, Satan comes and he wants to sort of twist it about. Don't mess with my memories. Whenever we read through this, we realize that Jesus is doing what Jesus does. Jesus fulfills things. He completes things. So we, we go back and we see that the children of Israel, actually Jesus is mirroring their journey in the wilderness. No, they were in the wilderness 40 years. Jesus is in the wilderness 40 nights. The temptations that faced the children of Israel, they all give in to. Jesus faced the same temptations, just like us, and he did not sin. He didn't give in to. So perhaps it's good for us to go back and look at the children of Israel and and get a little bit of flavor of where they went wrong, where they could have grown or learned in order to get over this temptation stuff. I'm going to read from from Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 to 6, and the title I've given this morning is this, Melons... Or miracles. Illustration. Miracles. Or melons. Or melons. are miracles. And we read these verses. So children of Israel are in the wilderness. They have been on this journey. They've been brought out of slavery. And well they're moaning. Okay. And these are the words we read. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again the Israelites started wheeling and said... If only we had meat to eat. We remember we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers. Anybody here have a positive memory of eating a cucumber? Vile <laughs> little things, do you know? Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. So they started to crave other food. Now, people have said things like this, you can take the people out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of the people, and there is a truth in that. You can take people out of some situation, but it's hard to take sometimes the situation out of them. They're wanting, they're craving for fresh fish, cucumbers, cucumbers, it's the most random thing. The Bible is random, isn't it? Melons, leeks, onions, and garlic that make everything taste a little bit better. I can get that. And what is happening here is that the people of Israel are starting to be tempted and starting to want melons instead of manna. And this happens. Temptation happens and temptation wins when we normalize the miraculous supply of God. When we normalize the miracles of God. Now what I mean by this See, every day they got manna. Now, manna it just happened. I don't know about you, but you work and you get paid and you go to Tesco's or you do an online delivery these days because it rings the enemy and they come to your door and they deliver the food. But you, you got to work for the food. These guys didn't have to work for anything. They didn't have to farm. They didn't have to dig. They didn't have to do any of these things. In fact, all of, a lot of the other nations around them were starving. They were in famines. And every day what would happen, you know, like the deliveroo angels would descend from heaven. This is how I imagine it. Uh, and they would lay on the grass like dew, this, this uh, substance that was like, uh, like frost. Uh, and every day for tens and hundreds of thousands of people, this supply would land. And they would go out and they would lift it. And no matter how hard you worked at it or little you worked at it, everybody went home with the same amount. Every day. no, we read the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 and we're like, no, Jesus got this wee boy's lunch and, and like broke it and took it and he, and he multiplied it and fed 5,000 people every day. God delivered fresh food that tastes like honey-flavored biscuits. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, that's good. Biscuits, lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is, this, this is what's happening here. Every day, and they're like, well, we're fed up with miracles. We want melons. And what's happening here is that the enemy is messing with their memory. It has to be. Because what we know is this, that whenever they were in slavery, they had slave masters. Those slave masters used to work them to the bone. Those slave masters, crack a dawn, get them up, work them hard, lift the rocks, break the rocks, skin off their back, flesh and bone. They would have worked those children. They would have worked the older people. They would have no health care. No, like this was slavery at its worst. No, we know the story of Moses. Now Moses, now found by the princess in the little basket in the river. The reason was because they killed their children. And what is happening in this moment is, and, and, and it sounds crazy, the people of Israel are like, No, like I'm in the wilderness every day walking towards the promised land of God. We've seen his faithfulness. We see the fire at night. and We see the smoke by day. We've seen God do some of these amazing miracle things like divide the Red Sea and all. We've just seen all of this. And every day, like you angels drop off manna. It is the ticket absolute dream. But but we'd rather have melons in that place where we were slaves uh, and where they killed our sons It sounds crazy, doesn't it? It's like, what? These guys are nuts. Until perhaps you reframe it and put it like this. They wanted something that would satisfy them for a moment in the flesh instead of someone who would satisfy their soul forever. And see, when you put it like that, you start to realize that could be us. That's what temptation looks like. It's something that satisfies in a moment and often we sacrifice the relationship that satisfies forever. The children of Israel. And it all comes when we normalize the miraculous provision of God. Now, have you ever been there We have had nothing, and somebody's dropped a bag of shopping off at your door and just like, no, I just was thinking about you and I just felt I needed to do this. When someone prays for you and prays with you and God makes a breakthrough and brings away. When, when, whenever something looks really impossible and, and like God turns it right around. It, it, can, you, can you remember, you no, know, we'll all have a story of when God just did something that was like off the charts. No way, that was God, you know, And temptation wins when we normalize that. When we don't take a breath in in the morning and thank God for it. When we don't stand up and thank God we can stand. When our mind's at peace and we don't go, God, thank you, my mind's at peace. Because so many people's minds are at war. God, I I thank you, and, and so on and so on. I thank you, I've got oil in my tank. I've got food in my cupboards. I've got fuel in my car. God, you are good. When that stuff gets neutral and normalized, then melons become really attractive. And I can get it. No, after a hard day's slavery, no, crack open a wee melon, that's gotta be good. But the problem is, it was in slavery. (laughs) And what the enemy does is he comes along and he reminds us of the melon. And not the situation we were in when we were eating the melon. It comes from this place of, I want more. Now the word here that's used for crave, they craved new food, is this word ava. Uh, And it means to lust. That helps, doesn't it? Now, a few boys in the room put their heads down. (laughs) Temptation. A few people in the room put their heads down. You mention the word lust. All of a sudden it maybe comes a little bit more home. It's to covet. Like, God, why why them, not me? (laughs) Anybody put their head down, do you know? Why's God bless them, not me? know, why have I had to go through this, not them? Covet. The picture is a dog that's howling. Have anybody ever had a dog in hate? That's fun, isn't it? Like they'd kick your door down to get out, wouldn't it? It's this captured lust for something physical that satisfies in the moment. What stands between you and the person that will satisfy your soul forever? I just want more. Now, as Christians, I believe passionately that we should be people who want more. And this is the miracles and melon stuff, isn't it? Do I want more moments where I taste something nice, and in that moment, that was good. That, that's that's great. Or, or do I want miracles? I've realised that my memory can be messed with really easily, and um, it happened to me this week. It happens about once a year, the same place. Uh, I don't want to identify them, but they're two um, like coffee shops beside each other, both got like drive-throughs. One, let's call it Mr Star's place, and one Mr Tim's. Okay, um, just just saying. Um, and well, Mr Tim's serves something called coffee that really isn't awful um i'm just just saying it doesn't exist it's in my imagination um and i know there's some hardened like mr tim's fans out there like i'm praying for you honestly your taste buds are gone and so what happens is i'll go and i'll get a coffee and i'll go take one mouthful and remember that's why i don't get coffee there there's lots of other things i like there but coffee next door. So this week I was out for a walk with someone and chatting through some things and they just, no, I, so what are you doing tonight? We're filming something and uh, we're meeting in this imaginative place called Mr. Tim's uh, and we're going to meet there and we're going to film and we're getting like free, you no know, we free cheeky wee Tim's afterwards. So excited. So that night, I found myself outside Tim's and Mr. Stars, And I, lo- I was there with uh, my girls, and we wanted to get some coffee. And I looked at one side, and the queue was like a mile long. It was like people were there for the night. You no, know, just a, uh, yeah, it's like a night out. I don't know, it's strange. Uh, and then I looked at the other side, and this should have been the giveaway. There wasn't a car in the drive-thru. There wasn't a customer near it. But I thought... You know, that guy this morning was so excited about going to Mr. Tim's. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when I was there, I, used to, I just got bad beans. No, it, was a, it wasn't a great barista. It was just a wee bit, you know. And so, well, we went in to Mr. Tim's. And we all got drinks. And they all went in the bin. It's amazing how that we can mess with our memory. The voices... Was it really as bad? Maybe it was just an exception. Like life before Jesus, it was okay. Now if you are a Christian, like at a young age, what happens is the the devil comes along and he says the opposite. He talks about all these things you're going to miss out on. You're going to miss out on the melons. You're going to miss out on the cucumbers. You're going to miss out on the onions and the garlic. And that's what he says. When God wants us to walk in miracles, People of more, I don't know about you, but I want more 84-year-old dads to come to Jesus. I didn't just tell that story because I think it's really cool and we should celebrate it. I just think it's amazing. I think it's the best thing Ever. I love hearing of people of any age, but see people at an old age coming to Jesus, I just think it's incredible. I, I, I want to see more of my friends and family know Jesus. Anybody else want that more? I, I, I really want to see more of the miraculous power of God. God. You know, where the doctor says no and God steps in and says yes, I'd like to see a whole lot more of that. I'd like to see more people who are far from God coming back to God. You know, people who would call themselves like backsliders. I'd, l- I'd love to see more of your kids who once walked with Jesus, who will fall right in love with Jesus once again. I'd love to see more of that. I want to see more of that. I'd love to see more of us encounter the Holy Spirit in a way that totally transforms us forever, racks us, destroys us, never the same again. I'd like to see more of the prophetic, more of the gifts of the Spirit, more hunger for the Word of God, more hunger for a relationship with God, more of all of that stuff. But my concern is in the Western church that we settle for melons. Includes me. Because we've got used to the miraculous supply of God. Every day, when I take a breath in, God is sustaining me. Every day when I take a step forward, God is strengthening me. Every day when I stand up, God is holding me. Every path I take, God is directing me. He's with me. And when that becomes neutral and becomes normal, I find myself more tempted for melons instead of miracles. There's other temptations here that Jesus goes through. And I just want to go to the last one for a moment. And it's this um, do not test God. And I want to speak this in this a, in a very real way and sensitive way. The picture is here of Israelites in a desert and they're moaning. God, we want more. God, you haven't done God. And in this incident, what is happening is that they've been 40 years in the wilderness and the promised land's like just there. (laughs) It's like so close. start to moan, start to test God. And we've looked at this in church life and we look at it and we go, moaning Israelites. You no, know, like nobody in church would ever moan. <laughs> you know, like as pastor all my life, I've never heard someone complain once. It just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Um, and we can put it down to moaning Israelites. Uh, And what's happening here is they are reframing God, they are testing God because God hasn't come through in their expected time frame or in the way that they expected he would. But what happens when that happens? And this is what I've had to try and think about when I'm looking into this and leaning into this, is that sometimes life happens and it doesn't turn out the way we expected it would. We certainly doesn't come in the time frame we imagined, certainly doesn't look like God's even in the room. I've sat with people who have said goodbye to someone when it was way too young for them to leave this earth. I've watched it. I've sat with them and I've said, Stephen, where is your God now? I've been with people when their marriages have failed. I've been with people when they find out things about people that were the loves of their lives and have devastated their soul. And what happens is the enemy comes along in those moments and he says, Where is God? And what on earth do I say to you in that situation? Well, from my own experience and the experience of others who actually make it through, is when you feel abandoned by God, you've got to abandon yourself to God. When you feel abandoned by God, you've got to abandon yourself to God. What do you mean, Stephen? Well, when it doesn't make sense, when the timing's just not right, when it's all just like up in the air, you got to abandon yourself to the God of the universe and trust that the one who would send his only son to die on a cross for you, it's for you in this moment that he loves you and he will never leave you. you got to cling to him and trust that he will cling to you. Otherwise the temptation will be too strong. See the temptation before when the Israelites made well, they worshiped another God, they made God into well, an image they could control rather than a relationship that they could enjoy. See the promised land is it's just there. And if I can be honest with you, there have been times in my life where I've thought, I can't get there. I just can't. And I've thought to myself, God, where are you? But because God has always been faithful, Because God has always been my supply, because I try every day to thank God for the breath in my lungs, the food in my cupboard, the fuel in my car, and the oil in my tank, because I'm trying to not normalize the miraculous supply of God in those moments. I'm like, God, I don't get this, but I am going to abandon myself to you, even though I feel like you have abandoned me. Honestly, I have just fallen on God. And He's always got me to the promise. He's always got me to the promise. Have I been tempted to give up? Absolutely. Have I been tempted to just shout and God? But the God who's never given up on me, in those moments, I'm not going to give up on Him. And it's just out of need a lot of the times. (laughs) Because I know I can't, but He can. Can we stand together? There are so many lessons to be learnt. There are so many things that look like melons that can look attractive in the moment. You now, put me in the right situation. In a physical, practical sense, hot day, land by the beach. Oh, this looks good. But as a church for those who are joining us online ultimately what the enemy wants to do is keep us eating fruit instead of becoming fruitful. That's the plan. He wants us to just give in give up wants us to settle for this there's so much more as a pastor of a church I can pray for miracles I can pray for more but we will never see that unless we as a church pray for more God we want more See so many people battling with mental health. God, would you come and make peace in their minds? We need more. God, I see so many people trapped in their past. God, would you come and and just remind them of a different story of their future? I see so many people being lied to by the devil who reminds them of the melon and messes with their memory of the slavery. God, would you just let them see what you're doing, the place you're preparing for them in their future and in their present, the person they're becoming in you? God, would you come? Yeah, if we weren't in church, I'd probably just smash the melon, you know? I honestly don't think this melon will smash. It's the hardest melon I've ever hit in my life. It genuinely, if I threw it, I will kill you. It's like a cannonball. (sighs) Miracles are melons. It's a choice, isn't it? To be satisfied for a moment or to build a relationship with someone for eternity. be secure in your identity as a son and daughter of the living God to be full of the Holy Spirit I'd like us to pray for miracles this morning I've realized that my miracle and your miracle can look really different (laughs) now for some people it it is food in a cupboard Um, it's honey biscuits every day for some people it's a breakthrough and that can mean so many things to so many people And we use these words and we use these terms, especially in Pentecostal circles. No, God, bring a breakthrough. But I just want to take a moment and recognize that your breakthrough is probably different to the breakthrough that I need. And in your head, you might feel it's insignificant. But God, the Father who looks at you and says, you are my son, I love you and I'm pleased with you. He is so interested in bringing breakthrough. for marriages that just need the laughter restored. (laughs) For parents who have reached the end of their knowledge and wondering how on earth did I parent my family? God, would you come and bring that divine wisdom? For career choices, for relational choices, for God, would you come? Can we pray together? Can we, like, take our eyes off the melon and start to celebrate the miraculous? For the broken heart, the mourning heart that needs you, God, to come and restore and bring dancing and joy. For reconciliation that's needed between people who who once loved each other and now it just seems so distant. Lord God, would you come? For those physical healings that need to take place. God, would you come? Um, Lord God, it is. It's those bad backs, sore joints. Painful necks and it's the aging stuff for people that just makes their life almost unbearable God would you come miraculously and heal for those addictions the unseen when I mention the word lust you almost feel like someone's gonna point you out in a room God would you come and break those addictions Would you help those people confess their identity? I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am not a failure. I am not the tail, I am the head. I am not what was, I am what is coming. I am gonna proclaim it. God, would you come and heal bodies? God, would you come and heal bodies? God would you come and heal hearts oh God it hurts so much that I'm almost afraid to open it up to let you in Jesus because I know it's going to hurt so much but I'm going to trust you when I feel abandoned I'm going to abandon myself to you God God would you come and heal my heart When we come to minds and God. I ask that you would calm the storm. that that wasp that flies round our minds, at times destroying our peace, that you would destroy the wasp. The things that we once took so for granted. If anybody had said to us, There is no way I will ever there is no way that'll ever happen to me. And then we find ourselves in that situation, God would you come and restore to us the joy of our salvation, Lord God. Oh God, would you come? something I have missed so much over this last year is that ability to lay hands on people and to pray. We believe in that stuff around here. But what I've also realized is that sometimes our hands get in the way from the Father's touch and Him coming. So can we ask us all just to if we can, if we can raise our hands. And yeah, I've been praying. And I'm gonna ask the worship team, can you join me and raise your hands, you know? And the drummer in the booth, what well, can you raise your hands? And just let's put ourselves, all of us in that position. So you might say, well, I don't need anything today. Well, put yourself in that position to receive for someone else. If you're at home today, or you're watching this back online, I would encourage you to create a moment. Just raise your hands. Just close your eyes. Just isolate yourself from every other distraction that's going on around you. And just wait. Just wait. Just wait. wait. Oh, awake my soul. Awake my body, Awake my mind, Awake my heart, Awake my home, Awake my marriage, Awake my family, Awake my children, Awake my finances. God would you bring life, Would you come? Oh God, we we don't want melons. We want miracles. We thank you for the manna every day, but God, we know that you've promised so much more, and so we ask. We ask, oh God, we ask. Sometimes with the the, serving ti- the service timings, we've ended up being really quick to get another service to ride things off. But I think this morning, let's just wait. Let's just- demanding, we're asking. ask in the name of Jesus that you would come and meet every need in this place Lord God that you would come and for those who just need to abandon themselves onto you Lord God when they land on you would they find the father who just wraps his arms around them Lord God would they be met with love and grace as you've promised Lord God would you get them to the promise well, Lord God, for everyone here who said, God, I, I, I need you to do that, Lord God. I need you to do that. Would you do it, Lord God? When Jesus declared it is written, well, we declare it is written. We, we declare it is written that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Lord God. We believe you what you did then, you will do now. We believe the church of Jesus Christ was birthed in miracles that it expected miracles and that miracles are part of our portion today that Holy Spirit when you come